This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, it's my first time, well, second time at Villa Park. The first time I was injured. You know, watching from the stands, but to actually be on the pitch, hearing the the, 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 the fans, it's, it's such an amazing feeling. I'm happy to be here, just grateful that I was able to do what I did in, in, in the 21 minutes that I, that I was on the pitch. So for us, it's a perfect night, good, good, good three points, team played great, we're excited. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss the latest uh, victory at Villa Park. There's going to be many more people. Mr. Phil Shaw and Mr. Chris Budd. Welcome. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? How are you feeling? You sound a bit poorly. Uh, Well, I'm not poorly. I've got a cold. I'm all bunged up. But uh, as Freddie Mercury once said, the show must go on. Ah, yes. Empty spaces. What are we living for? Abandoned places. I guess we know the score. Aston Villa 3, Everton 0. That was the score. On (laughs) with the show. show. That was a bit of a lame uh, queen uh, reference there. It's not one of the better ones, is it? I don't know. It's that, I mean, the emotional resonance of uh, Freddie passing away kind of uh, increased the uh, the gravitas of that tune, I thought. It's no Radio Gaga, though, is it? But then what is? That's more of a live uh, favourite, though, isn't it? Anyway, uh, I do have a bunged up nose, so uh, sh- sh- I wouldn't mind putting this show back 24 hours, but uh, such were the highs of that last uh, ooh, half an hour. 20, 20 minutes, 25 minutes uh, against Everton. Uh, we've got a strike Why the iron's hot. Uh, you, were you at a wedding, Phil? What was you, we, we were there at the game trying to watch this game. The WhatsApp alerts were going off because you were, kept talking about a wedding, but I never read them. So what was that, What was happening? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was at a wedding. So like, it was a very inconsiderate wedding. that they didn't. First of all, they didn't put the kickoff time on the order of service. And then this, the speeches had only just finished whenever the game kicked off. But luckily with modern technology and my phone and my lap, was able to watch the the whole game and avoid small talk. Was there a few fist pumps during the reception? Oh yeah, there's plenty, especially when the second one then. That was the one. That was that was sort of the the insurance one. That was the sweet Caroline moment on his chair. <laughs> Tie around yeah. his head. Skids on the dance floor. Yes. I uh, I biked back from the game after uh 
a bit of tapas in town and I went past, past Edgebaston and I left Villa Park with Sweet Caroline uh, going around and uh, riding past uh, Edgebaston. Everybody was singing it there as well because obviously it was the old uh, T20 final. Ah, yes. Now that, now that is a very pissed up crowd, isn't it? They've been on the on the aisle since about half ten in the morning till half ten at night. Yeah, I mean, if this was like the days of where you really single still, and it's not like streaming. If I was Neil Diamond, I'd be releasing Sweet Caroline uh, like a shot. It'd be go, it'd be number one, wouldn't it? No problem. They killed it from the summer, wouldn't they? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Mr. Bird, uh, when we were re- recording uh, something for the weekend for the Everton game, before uh, we started recording, you seemed more concerned about how you were going to get your dinner in uh, with the inconvenient time of, of a half past five kickoff. Oh no, yeah. Uh, so what happened? <laughs> I ate on the way home. Nice bit of shawarma. Thank you very much. What, from one of those uh, stores around Villa Park that haven't got health certificates? Thankfully not. I've got a nice Lebanese place on my doorstep. Oh. Beautiful. Lucky you. Before we get into the show, I just want to give well, a shout out to uh, Mr. Jimmy Greaves, who unfortunately passed away at 81. I mean, I, I wasn't old enough to remember him as a player when he, uh, you know, he's a, he's a Spurs legend, I think, as well as uh, various domestic cups. A lot of fans probably don't realise that uh, we are not the only uh, English club that have won a European trophy in Rotterdam. Uh, Spurs won the uh, Cup Winners' Cup there as well. Uh, wasn't it the first ones as well? Wasn't it like the didn't they win the first Cup Winners' Cup? Yeah, it was in the sixties. Then he went to uh, AC Milan. Uh, no English player went abroad back in the day, and I think he was uh, one of the one of the early ones. That if you were an English player and you went abroad uh, in the sixties, seventies, that meant you were fucking good. And this is pre- this is pre football Italia. Yeah, they would look at English players as it was almost like a separate entity, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, like they were Neanderthals or something. Just a bunch or, of hackers, weren't they? Yeah, no, non-technical players. So if you were thought good enough to play in Italy, then that was uh, a real badge of honour. And Jimmy Greaves was uh, one of the first. And I mean, his goal-scoring record was just uh, on another level. Ridiculous. 466 goals and 661 appearances and almost, uh, you know, getting close to a goal a game for England, 44-57. and 57. He was in, injured in the last group game in the 66 World Cup, and that was always a big uh, kerfuffle uh, when that tournament was on. Jeff Hurst came in, and then Ramsey just sticked to his uh, winning team, even though Greaves was you know, fit for the final. And uh, in those days, only the first 11 got medals, and then Jimmy Greaves and the remaining uh, squad of England uh, finally got their medals in uh, 2009 which uh, wow. Jimmy Greaves uh, sold <laughs> like on sports memorabilia auction. I think he got about 45 grand for it. Yeah, a bit after the Lord Mayor's show, isn't it? Uh, but I actually met him. He's a lovely guy. I met him at a, a sporting dinner many moons ago and back in the days of doing silver service waitering. Him and silver uh, Jack spoon. Charlton. Yeah, silver spoon waiting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was him and him and Jack Charlton, the nice guys. And then randomly, Gary Mabbott was there as well. The original Phantom of the Opera. Oh, yes. He yeah, was, I think he, he was the first player to wear the mask, wasn't he? Yeah, after John Fashion, he smashed his face. <laughs> and smashed his face, he did. That was a proper elbow, wasn't it? It's a worst yeah. elbow. It's like a UFC elbow. Yeah, John Fashion, who uh, watching some clips... Uh, of Wimbledon against, I think it was against Manchester United, and it's, it's like another game. Vinnie Jones, what what he would uh, get yellow cards for nowadays? You'd get banned for like six months. Not for grabbing Gaza's bollocks, for example. Oh yeah, or scything you down. Right, let's get on with this show. But uh, Jimmy Greaves definitely played a part in my uh, football upbringing from just from the Saint and Greavesy show, which uh, was uh, I think how you do football shows. You know, it's it's very it was very relaxed. You know, light hearted. 
insightful but always entertaining and humorous and uh, that kind of uh, formula has kind of been lost over the years as it's got increasingly uh, kind of commercialized mm-hmm. maybe there's a bit of spirits of uh, Jimmy Greaves in the, the My Old Man Said show maybe it's subconsciously influencing anyway coming up in the show we have a look at the uh, latest Villa news from uh, it's kind of a, a bit of a hodgepodge from Villa Crypto to uh, what's happening with the Villa women there's the media Muppets before we get into the three points and then uh getting into the meat and gravy of the uh, Everton victory. Right, uh, first up, time for a bit of news. We could go for how four more small energy firms uh, could go bust next week. Uh, This is actually something that came upon the old Match Club Investo Club. Somebody uh, told us about uh, various energy firms that might be going bust, and then like a week later, it's all over the news. So uh, Investo Club's... uh, Well ahead of the curve. But uh, what do you want? Uh, small energy firms that could go bust next week or Villa News? Phil, what do you think? It has to be the Villa News, doesn't it? Gotta be. Right, first up, Villa released, well, not really Villa, but uh, Villa's uh, crypto socios. AVL was released, sold out in five minutes. Quite interesting that somebody could sell out with five minutes, but most of the fan base doesn't even know what it is. Everton also sold out theirs in four minutes. This isn't Villa fans going after Villa Crypto. This is mostly will be overseas supporters not into Villa for for starters. So it's a bit of a weird one how uh, how it starts off because you know there's no way that sells out for five uh, within five minutes. It's a bit kind of dubious there. You don't even see the email come. To be honest, it probably goes into your spam folder. Looking at it, I mean, I you know, I've a uh, passing interest in crypto, and uh, you should take the emotion out of crypto. Uh, if I was just looking at Villa Socio tokens as crypto, I would be going. Bleh. But from a fan point of view, the idea is it's there for engagement as well, and uh, it's very tenuous engagement. So uh, it's going to be engagement that marketing people think is fan engagement. Yes, you too can predict the score of the next game. Yeah, it's very all very tenuous, and although they raised uh, over a million pounds, so uh, let's uh, see how it develops. Uh, but already behind the scenes, uh, fan groups aren't uh, too happy about its uh, presence. Million pounds enough for like a, a training camp in Croatia for ten days? <laughs> money well, money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's already been invested, like the Jack Grealish uh, 100 million. Women's international break, so uh, the Villa women haven't been playing, but uh, they do have a date at Villa Park in the first week of October against Arsenal. Hopefully, uh, they actually got a good draw against Arsenal, didn't they, uh, at the end of last season, which did, yeah. uh, helped them, them up. up so hopefully, they'll be uh, competitive uh, against them. Uh, so far, so good uh, to the season start. Meanwhile, uh, Villa under 23s beat the Baggies. Was it what kind of bag? Was it Baggies under 23s? Or, uh, it's more like a Villa B team, isn't it, at the moment? Beat them 4 2 with a hat trick from Chuck Moeka's brother, the newly acquired one. Yeah, Caleb's been banging him in recently. And also, another brother goal as well, with uh, Aaron Ramsey uh, scoring as well. It's a cracking goal, that was. Really good goal. We, we've kind of covered uh, most of uh, the latest news in something for the weekend before the Everton game. Uh, Ex-Villa players, though. There's that, the clip of... Uh, Henry Lansbury uh, going around, scything a player who didn't have the ball. Any, any fallback from that? Do we know what that was all about? 
the rumor has it Henry Lansbury did his hamstring in the process of doing that. <laughs> but it was weird, wasn't it? It was just like just, the guy just walks in front of the ball, obviously to stop the free kick being taken, and Lansbury just goes through him. Yeah, just like literally just runs up to him and just scythes him down. Yeah, bizarre. He's turned into a nasty one, that like Lansbury. Right now, it's time for Media Muppets. <laughs> So, what's in the Media Muppets trough this week, Mr. Shaw? Well, this week it's the, the Media Muppet conveyor belt that is Football Insider. Like, oh, God. I, oh, oh, carry on <laughs> before, I get, before I get started. Yeah, if, if you don't know what Football Insider is, it seems to, it's a website that finds someone with a tenuous link to a club and asks them a, a random question. But what it does then is it puts them on the website as if they are the person that has written the article. So, this one was written by Alex McLeish, no less. Allegedly. And yeah, and even worse than that, if you, if it's not bad enough that Football Insider are doing this, the Birmingham Mail then picked this up as a source for an article of their own, which just basically says the same thing. It's the uh, the the dodgy clickbait domino effect. Yes, the headline was um, Aston Villa told Manchester United transfer could be brilliant after fresh speculation. Now this was about Axel Twanzebe, and this is Alex McLeish's two pence on it. He came as a fullback because the centre backs are entrenched in there said Alex. I know they have the fullback position sorted as well, but he, he seems to be a very versatile player as well. Actually, Alex, he's a centre-back. You should know because like, you used to be one. Um, it's just awful. I mean, that, that's the that's the whole thing. So it's just as if someone rings him up, asks him a pop quiz question, and then that's it, because I don't think McLeish pays much attention to Villa anymore. My number one pet hate of all the clickbait style... Uh, I mean, there's formulas here. There's, there's certain... T- uh, most people will be familiar with them. But my real pet hate one is where they ask some... Let's say they're, they're pundits now, ex-player, ex-manager pundits whether it's Darren Bent, Emil Heskey, then they spun out some big uh, headline that says, Villa told this, or Villa recommended this, and all it is is just some pundit saying something to some crummy website, and the Football Insider is, uh, it seriously is the lowest of the low. And if you are quoting the Football Insider as a source, then you will have no creditable career in journalism. That is uh, that's just a fact. Adios. Right, three points. Rough times in the East Midlands, uh, although Forest did manage their first win of the season after they sacked Chris Hewton, but uh, their archenemy Derby County have uh, filed uh, with the intention of to appoint administrators. Uh, I uh, get emails from the uh, EFL and uh, I've noticed quite a few of the Derby ones recently, and once you get past two and it says Derby in the subject heading you know that the third one's going to spell doom and uh, that's what happened with the Derby one so uh, they are subject to an insolvency event under the terms of the EFL's regulations as a result the club will face a 12 point deduction Uh, once the EFL has received formal notification of the application the deduction will be applied I I read the the Derby statement uh, signposting basically COVID and how that's affected them they were fucked before that, though, man. That's a bit of a. I don't, I don't buy. It's just COVID. They were in a, they were shambles, well before that. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some. I saw as well the the points deduction. If the, they don't get the the wages paid by the end of the month, they could go over twenty points deduction. So that would be if if it gets to that stage, that's instant down the league one. You would think. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to be uh, relegated. Uh, I mean, Forest, Forest uh, could go down with them as well, if unless they uh, turn it around. But it's. Uh, I, I prefer you know. The Midlands, you know, west to east, to be uh, to be strong. So uh, yeah, it's a shame to see. Yeah, although uh, 
I mean, I, I, I favour Forest out of the two, so uh, yeah, you know. Same. But if I have to choose one of them to go down, then uh, Derby. See you later. Full of compassion there. The My Old Men Said podcast. Point number two. Bit of crowd trouble recently in the stands. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, anything to do with people having pent up aggression from uh, being away from the pandemic. Uh, it seems that Arsenal have got a new rivalry now, now that they've slipped down the echelons of uh, English football and uh, their fans are picking fights with Burnley fans now. Could this be a new rivalry now that uh, they're uh, a bottom half team? Yeah, they're one of those plucky mid-table teams, aren't they, Arsenal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the FA are uh, mulling this one over and uh, they may be charged for uh, what happened there. I think there's some, according to Dan Rogers, who uh, you may remember uh, used to be on the show and occasionally pops in. He, he was messaging us saying there was a bit of a kick-off uh, Villa and Everton because the Everton coaches were coming uh Church, is it Church Road, the yeah, whole 10th side? Yeah they, they, yeah, they put them down there, yeah. Yeah, which uh, obviously puts them straight into where there's a few uh, villa bars, so you're going to have spill-outs there, and apparently the couple of cans went uh, towards the coach, and uh, but uh, you know, nobody's really said anything about it, so I don't think it really escalated into anything. Nah, Villa and Everton's not a rivalry at all, is it? Nah, we, we kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, most played game and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but in terms of... Uh, fan altercations I mean the dumbest was perhaps the Leicester fans when Napoli came to town it's like you don't wind up Napoli fans if you've got an away leg to play because uh, <laughs> think about Napoli fans they've got good memories and also they, they, they kind of ride around town with scooters and blades and they they slash buttocks so the reason why they slash buttocks is because you don't feel it when it happens and you, you'll only notice it when you're when you're halfway through bleeding out you see there's a massive pile of blood on the floor so uh, good luck with that one uh, Leicester fans a bit foolish because in Italy uh, they don't I fuck wouldn't... around over there uh, yeah especially Naples fans I, I've got a story to tell about uh, my big fight in Italy which I've, I've never actually said uh, I don't think on the air with the uh, the Drugi of the Juventus that was that was entertaining it's a good story that you told me it's it a, a few good times. story yeah yeah I'll, I'll rattle that one out took on the Drugi on my own <laughs> literally it was a Rambo mission and uh, the closest I think I've been to death so uh, that's that's for another ever day I start to shake even when I uh, go back to it but uh, you know most most people would have shat their pants in that situation I was just working out how they're going to get the body back to England. <laughs> but uh, we're here. We're still rocking and rolling. Anyway, uh, point number three, on a, on a softer note. Isn't this a nice story in Romania? Yeah, Romanian Football League have asked players to take the field with uh, holding up stray dogs to encourage people to adopt them so they don't have to be shipped out via the English... Uh, Channel Tunnel on Eurostar to uh, find homes in the UK. Uh, tell me what that what's that going on in Romania, Mister Bird? It's part of a, a, a campaign called uh, "Fill the Gap in Your Life," which is done with like local shelters and their you know, the Romanian Football League players are instructed before games to hold the dogs up um, that are up for adoption. Um, each of these dogs are given like their own name tag and a distinctive scarf um, that they'll wear during the matches to make it easier for people to sort of find them on the you know with the website and identify them. Apparently, this initiative is going to take place the whole season. Um, so far, 11 animals have been adopted while there are 92 awaiting their forever homes. Ah, Right, uh, let's uh, not put off the inevitable. Let's talk about this game, shall we? 
Let's. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what did I say at the end of uh, something for the weekend? I mean, I mentioned it to somebody that's, uh, sitting next to me at the game. Uh, I said, did you know Rafa was unbeaten? Because he was talking about this, it looks like a nil-nil. And I said, yeah, Rafa's actually unbeaten at Villa Park. And it was one of those, really? Mm. It's quite an amazing record uh, since, you know, when you consider how long he's been around. But you could say he's probably picked his, a good time uh, to be a manager in terms of playing Villa over the last decade. Yeah. So... Where do we start? Uh, I think we start at 2am in the morning. With uh, the, the, the pair of Emmys landing back in the country. Yeah, from Croatia. I suppose that's a good move in terms of at least get them in. If you're going to get them in in the morning, make sure it's 2am so they can sleep and then wake up in the country as opposed to land. And then have to play straight Get home, away. piss around and then go to Villa Park. And it's all in one long, 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 long day. At least uh, you're kind of rested and... Uh, yeah. It's it's like a normal day, so there was a chance. I mean, as we, as we said, uh, Martinez we expected to play just because of his position, and obviously, he's, you know, he's he's been here. You know, he's had a season at Villa. Buendia just tactically, he's never played in the formation uh, that we've only just started playing since he's been uh, overseas, and he's kind of new to the party as well. So you didn't think he was going to play, and and you know, we said he's, he's more than likely started on the bench. It is funny though when that team sheet came out and people go, "Oh, why, why ain't Ben Buendia there? Why ain't Buendia?" It's like, d- yeah, think about it, think about it. It's just flown in two a.m. It's tougher to integrate somebody who hasn't been around the team for a good few weeks. But you saw the team sheet, and especially the Everton one, you thought, "Well, you never know. We, we could could be in with a shout here today because they had a lot of key players out, didn't they?" Yeah, no, that that came in our favour big time. Uh, you know, when Pickford's out and Calvert Lewin was out. Yeah, when it when it kicked off, I didn't actually, I hadn't actually seen the Everton sheet, and I was looking around, and I was like, I was thinking, this is feels a bit like the Brentford game. It's like, why why aren't they really having a go at Villa here? And then you start looking around. I knew Calvert Lewin wasn't playing, but there was uh, like Pickford, Richarlison was out. Richarlison, well. I was looking for him, I couldn't see him. Cool. Solomon Rondon, yeah. it up front. Yeah, and Rondon looked like a Championship player. He was shocking. Yeah, because well, he he should have scored. Uh, we. At least one. He could have got a couple there. That one where he slid in, I think if he's a bit sharper there, he's on the end of that one. I sort of took the the opposite approach when I saw the Everton team sheet. I was thinking, this is now a must win. I mean, you you can't afford to not put Everton to the sword whenever they're coming at you weakened. Fair. Well, saying that, I was surprised that we we maintained the three centre-back formation. I mean, what what was your thoughts... Were you surprised as well? Yeah, we'd said that on the something for the weekend, didn't we? That you know, while they're all good players, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think it was a game that would need a back three when we've got a, a pretty well established back four and we could we can protect them with two sitting midfielders and then that'd be a little bit more expansive um, and maybe bring in a Traore or a Bailey from the start. Well, I mean, never mind saying Bailey after Traore. I thought I thought that's why you would revert back to a back four, uh, the yeah. tried and tested back four, because you could see they were breaking in that back three uh, against Chelsea because some of those mistakes were down to uh, organisation and positioning on, on that back three. Yeah. So uh, you just thought, well, yeah, that's how you get Bailey back in the team. And you'd be thinking Smith, Villa Park, Bailey, debut, start, here we go. So that was the that was my first reaction when I saw, oh, shit, he's not playing Bailey. And the first half, you thought, well, Everton don't look like they're really going to offer much. You know, they might snatch something, but that's, that's all they're hoping for here is to snatch something. Why aren't we going a bit more gun-ho here? Because it just, it was looking like a nil-nil. Yeah, it was not. I think we, we just we we'd sort of we'd we'd get up ahead of steam a little bit and have little openings, and then the final pass or the final decision just wasn't 
wasn't quite there. You know, the two wing-backs especially would get into pretty good positions, but then the final ball wasn't there. Cash was guilty of it a couple of times, and so was Target. Or you never quite fancy Target one-on-one with a full-back. You kind of need him overlapping. And Yeah, I, I would go as far as saying we look more menacing against Chelsea than we did uh, early yeah, goals against did. Everton. I think because yeah. Everton were... They were they were very much aiming to hit us on the break. Yeah, and they nearly did. I mean, while Villa's set pieces looked to have improved, or certainly the variety of them has improved, when Everton got in the ball, they were they were quite adept at getting you know a flick past the like the last fullback and Gray especially got got down the wing on one side just after a flick, and it was just like again, it's still a bit naive when it comes to like all out attack from like being everybody nearly in the opposition half. Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, the atmosphere at Villa Park, I was a bit. Sus- I mean, we were building it up on uh, the last show, thinking that it was a you know a late afternoon kickoff, extra you know a couple of hours at least uh, to have a few drinks, and the prospect of a uh, let's say a strong you know the strongest team that we've seen uh, Smith put out this season. But was it? I don't know if it's the three centre backs or but. It seemed a bit subdued in the in the way the game kind of panned out. Mm-hmm. You just thought this game needs a spark to get the game going and also to get the crowd going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that I think Smith described it as something a bit like a chess match in the first half. It was kind of neither team did, wanted didn't to say make ar- that arm wrestle. Arm wrestle. Sorry, that was it. <laughs> And it kind of was. It was just a little bit like neither team really wanted to sort of take the ball by the horns. I think that's what I said to you at half time, David. Like someone's got a. It's like you know that stick or twist thing. And I think luckily, credit to Smith. You know we've been critical. You know in the past of maybe not him not being proactive quick enough. But actually, he actually made the change at the right time. Just as Everton had missed a big chance, Bailey arrived, and and that was the spark we needed. And the thing that got the place rocking was uh, Cash doing something that we perhaps expected a bit earlier from him. Because uh, mm-hmm. when you were looking at what happened last season, you thought how did Villa improve this season? And you thought if Cash gives us ten percent more going forward. You know, he used to be a winger, and uh, you know when we signed him, everybody's watching his highlight reel, and a lot of it involves him shooting, scoring, and uh, giving you a bit, you know, a bit of a menace from that uh, wide right position, cutting in a bit more. Yeah. And finally, we saw, uh, you know, what we've kind of been waiting for. Brilliant move. Yeah. Brilliant move. Like great one, yeah. two touch football from the, you know, from the the touch line, played the way through. Brilliantly weighted ball by uh, Douglas Louise, isn't it? And then the finish is fucking superb. Yeah. Match of the day actually had a very good graphic on. It weren't showed like the triangles going up and down the pitch, how they expanded yeah. and contracted. That just it was a perfect move. Yeah, but I've noticed that the last uh, well, every game at Villa Park, regardless of the personnel, Villa have been playing pretty tidy mm-hmm. in possession, just like technically. Uh, and you're thinking if this all clicks together once the big hitters are in, in, and you can see, you know actually having a few weeks of training together this could be a decent team like you know proper decent team We've, yeah. we already said after the Chelsea we're not fearing playing anybody and uh, I think we may surprise ourselves and certainly other teams will be surprised by what we can do and uh, I think we're going to be uh, kind of a smart uh, footballing side I think so and, it, and it's just adding you know the goal and that period after sort of 60-65 minutes was Villa just they went into an extra gear, you know, all of a sudden Ramsey got on the ball, Louise got on the ball a bit more, and the, the passes were just going that little bit. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Quicker. Well, we missed a key thing because uh, McGinn went McGinn, off. Yeah. And that's when Nakemba comes on, the first reaction is, oh, this is a bit of a negative play by Smith here because we're not actually uh, really making any dents in Everton here. It's a bit pitter-patter, but from both teams. Surely, we, you know, you want to be putting it up a notch, but... Uh, I thought he, was he, play- really well. he, was, he was playing the long game, wasn't he, Smith? Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought Nakamba did really well and it allowed Louise to get involved a little bit more advanced, which we haven't seen much of, but actually when he does, he's quite a good player because he's very technically gifted. And obviously he, was, yeah. you know, he, got, he got the assist for the first goal and then it became the uh, the Leon Bailey show after that. <laughs> but uh, before we get on to him, uh, Ramsey again, yeah, very tidy on the very ball. Tidy. He drives, doesn't he? He carries the ball, he commits the defence. 96.4 pass completion. This is after 100 against uh, Chelsea. Nakamba also was tidy, and 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 I thought he uh, he kept us ticking ticking along very nicely. I think he was 95.2. Mm-hmm. So all the midfield guys. Uh, I mean, Louise, a couple of uh, he was trying to be a bit too fancy at times. He got dispossessed uh, in our own half when he when he you know he shouldn't have been pissing around with it. But uh, there was more good coming from him than uh, you know to make up for those uh, little lapses. Yeah, but I thought they, again that midfield trio. Uh, well, I'm saying again, but you know, Nakamba this time instead of McGinn was uh, I think decent. They were good. Yeah. Yeah, Ramsey's found his like his unique selling point, which is covering ground with the ball. It's it's making up for what we were missing when we lost Grealish. So he's he is getting the ball in midfield, and he's immediately five ten yards with the ball before anything else happens. Yeah, his first instinct is forward, isn't it, Phil? It's as opposed to backwards and square yeah. like previous players. It's right. Where is the forward ball? And it's a lot of the time it'll be into feet for Ings, into feet for Watkins, or he'll get it out to the wide men, which is good. The only thing, and uh, it was a real shame, is when he opened up and had that shot, you're thinking, I just hope it's not one of those defining moments where he just hasn't got that. We always use the Gary Gardner uh, example when he came on against Chelsea, point blank range, had a missed, and you thought, ah, shit, it's not going to work out for him, is it? (laughs) 
no, it was a great chance. I mean, he did so well in, you know, in pressing. And Villa's pressing game was actually good at Chelsea and at, in the Everton game. But when Ramsey gets the ball and he just drives at the you know into the open space, you think, right, you're on the edge of the box here. You've either got to take the shot and score or you just play Ings in and Ings should score from there. I mean, I think he took the right option, but he could have actually probably taken another touch and rolled it in the bottom corner and he tried to sort of whip it around the goalie, didn't he? Yeah, he's always like thinking, oh, let, let's see if I can score a good goal here rather than like, right, this is fucking going in. Yeah. yeah. That, just that little mindset, difference of mindset. Like Bailey's, this is going in straight through the goalkeeper. <laughs> I don't care what? if he gets yeah. in the way of this. With Ramsey, it was it was a bit like he's he's thinking, oh, let's try to score here rather than thinking, right, this is going in. Yeah. Because yeah. it was it was set up nicely for him. Really, realistically, you should be scoring there. And I think he needs a goal because uh, we're starting to see how, what he brings to the team. Yeah, yeah, I like him. If you want to be in the Villa midfield, and this is the level we're, we're at now, you have to have an end product as well. Well, you saw in the Brentford game, you know, uh, Buendia in a very similar position, yeah. whipped, it in, whipped it in the top corner. And it's those little, you know, marginal gains. But if someone can score and someone can't, and they, and they look like they might be similar players. You know, Ramsey had the shirt the last couple of games, but... When Wendy is back, they're going to have to compete, and that'll be interesting. But let's get on to Leon Bailey. Who? Leon Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing about this is, I can't understand why that was a fucking own goal. That was Leon Bailey magic from the corner. It's going in anyway. It's going in. Give him it's the it's goal. It's our target, man. I remember when Steve Staunton did a similar thing years ago. That defender doesn't want his name as uh, with an OG. He, he barely touched it as well. It didn't really... I think he put off the keeper with his jump more so than his yeah. contact. Begovic flapped a bit anyway. Yeah, he, well, he fucked up. He's big. He's a big bugger, Begovic, as well. He's like 6'5 yeah. or something. So he should be going out to claim them or getting a, a fist to it. But yeah, when that went in, I, I didn't know it was an own goal until match of the day. I, I, I just presumed that Bailey had scored two goals. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, why, why aren't people going really crazy for Bailey? And why are they just talking about that last goal? Because I thought that corner goal was the best goal. Because nah, he meant you could, it. You could, you, could see on the, yeah, you could see on the replay it had come off uh, Luca Dina, but wicked delivery. I mean, Phil said it earlier, you know, our, our set-piece delivery generally was right on the money, actually, Louise's delivery was much better and Bailey really hits it at pace doesn't he it's one of those ones that we haven't had generally where you it's flat and, and quick right in at the, in yeah. the goal well Ashley Young used to in his first time at Villa yeah, always yeah. used to deliver that ball where he would uh, he'd aim for the far post inside the far post and whip it in flat and low yeah and if everybody missed it, it it's a goal it goes in mm-hmm. and uh I, it seems to me that's kind of a, a logical way to approach taking free kicks because you know if you create chaos in the box and everybody does miss it, at least it's it's going on target. Yeah, I'm still not 100. percent I'm not going to rubber stamp uh, and uh, give any credit to the uh, the set pieces coach. No, I think it's just, just the delivery is better. That's a that's a individual skills thing. Yeah, it's better they players had, what, taking yeah, it. Was, there was one good free kick routine that you thought, well, that's straight off the training ground. That was quite good where there was an Ings chance and he whips it past the post. Yeah. Fair enough. But the other ones were just much better deliveries. Um, yeah, like the Leon Bailey from the corner flag is not a set-piece coach uh, no. giving you that that's just, one. That's just, you, don't need, you don't need to be pay, paying someone stupid money to go, hit an area, just put it into an area. <laughs> Aim for the far post. Yeah. But the third goal, on the other hand. Now, that was the Ings magic. Great ball by Ings. One of the things we were talking about uh, post-Chelsea was uh, Ings wasn't really linking up and he kind of disappeared in the game, whether he was uh, you know, mm-hmm. marked out the game, hardly touched the ball. I think he had, was it 14 touches or something like that? But 
Eng's a lot more involved in this game, and uh, what a, what a pass to uh, yeah, brilliant ball. Put Bailey, Bailey into through. open gra- into open ground, yeah. and you saw you got a first look at his you know road runner speed. Yeah, it's one of those. Oh, has he got too much time on his hands here? I love the fact <laughs> that it bounced up and he headed it through. Though I love I love yeah. to see that, and he just <laughs> got it out of his feet, and it absolutely smashed it, didn't he? Yeah, well, great can- finish. You can see a uh, bit of what Perslow says now coming through because he was brought in to replace Grealish. If you see, saw Grealish's goal for City in the Champions League, well, more chance of you seeing than the fans because there's no fans there. It was He got the ball in open ground in exactly the same position. So the words are ringing true that he's bought there for those situations. Bailey gives us, we said it all along, Bailey gives us straight line speed. He's quick. That we we haven't had that kind of pace for a while. And we said it numerous times, similar to someone like a trail rate. You saw, even in just 20 minutes, he's going to be great fun to watch. The guy's going to be entertaining. He's got more of a killer instinct. Yeah, but I mean, I just think he's going to be funny. He's that edge of the seat stuff, isn't it? He's got intent. You saw that, actually, when he, he got it out wide earlier before he obviously got involved in the goals, and he destroyed their right back, didn't he? And obviously the guy just tugged him down. It was right on the uh, on the end line. He couldn't get near him. As soon as he came on against Watford, his crossing was like, this is crossing with purpose and intent. Yeah. This isn't just like just knocking it in there and, and hoping for the best. He's putting in decent balls because it, you know he wants an end, end result here. And you see him when he's you know driving through. He, you know Grealish would sometimes look for the foul before he looked for the opening, and this guy doesn't. It's definitely direct. Yeah, twenty minutes. You couldn't ask for for much more, and it, and, and it just changed the mood at Villa Park. It, it did. It did. And the crowd just lifted, didn't it? Massively. It went from like a five out of ten to you know right up there, like a nine. Yeah, people were were giddy. In in fact, because it you know it was it was a blitz. Yeah, and you could see the confidence just flowing through the team as soon as we got the first goal. It just calmed them down, and because we got two goals very quickly, I think the second goal killed the game anyway. But at that point, Villa sensed blood. It was like, actually we can fill our boots here. Everton have just sort of they crumbled. didn't fancy it. Everton once that no. second mm-hmm. one went in, you, and I think you know if Bailey stayed on, I think uh, you would have seen more. It's probably there was definitely a fourth to be had. I think, but we sort yeah. of. We'd won the game. We we took our foot off the gas a little bit. We'd we'd won it. And the Olay football, we haven't had that for a while. That second half was the first half. I think it could have got ugly for Everton. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have much. Never mind. Possibly, I'm telling you, it would have been. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm t- we're talking six at least. I mean, I think we, if we've been pragmatic, I think we caught them on a good day. But I don't think they offered much either. When you, and yeah, when you see the team sheet and you got Solomon Rondon, you think, well. If we score, we should win because <laughs> Rondon's crap and you're up against three <laughs> very well-organised centre-backs who they won everything in the air, didn't they? Konzamings, Twanzebe, they were really good in possession and they were dominant in the air. Mings had a great game. I mean, he, he wasn't yeah, looking he was up great. to score. I mean, that was... Uh, what a save that was, by the way. Begovic's best moment uh, of the game. Yeah, it's a brilliant save, to be fair to him. But yeah, he had a, he had a decent game. And uh, I think it just it helps starters if you've got Martinez behind you. Because you've got, in terms of being a vocal uh, player, he you know, he needs Martinez to be vocal to him at times. Yeah, and I, and I think Martinez, he probably dictates some of the... the the style of play right from the back. He obviously, because he, he starts obviously the moves, doesn't he? He's, he'll always dictate whether it's going to be Louise or Nakamba taking the ball off him short. It's going to go out to the fullbacks or he'll just send them long. Or, you know, I think, I think he, he, dicta- he dictates how we're going to start our moves. 
as a lot of obviously modern goalkeepers do now because most teams play out from the back yeah uh, I mean I was joking before the game on social media that that's probably Villa's most expensive bench ever yeah. certainly <laughs> the first bench that we've had uh, two uh, circa 30 million players and also Chore was around was it 18 or something like that yeah something like that yeah crazy times but it's kind of uh, you thought well the way that uh 3-5-2 fed against Chelsea that should be alright and then you just think we've actually got a bench now so we can be dynamic in game here so it's not like it has been previously uh, it was this just keep it to the last two seasons where you think right that's the first 11 hopefully that'll do the job now we, you can play the long game and think well okay we'll, we can switch it up now in the second half and uh, as long as we're uh, you know like the games against Everton where it was an arm wrestle or whatever you know you want to call it and then uh, we decided right well we've got other cards to play here so let's play them yeah it's good to know that we can as you said change in game and we can actually change the shape and change the dynamism and we can play two up front one up front a front three we can go four four two it's really you know it's very useful going forward and now we've got the flexibility and the personnel of a good standard to be able to you know to better bring Ashley Young we didn't even bring Buendia off the bench because you've also got that flexibility of the kind of players we've got in that, uh, yeah. let's say, the, the the five defensive positions. Because what happened when Bailey came on for target was Mings went out to the left back so that he can play there. Alternately, you could take off cash if there's some problem. And either Konza or Antu and Zabi can go out to right back as, you know, that basically utilizing that three centre-backs because two of those are, are, are decent uh, full-backs as well, left or yeah. right. So there's that yeah. flexibility to instantly switch that uh, three centre-backs or five at the backs to a four quite comfortably. And even Twan Zabi, you can push him forward and probably play him next to when a camber in a six if you really have to. Yeah, and you'll notice when Bailey came off, then... Ashley Young went yep. to uh, basically to the wing back position, so we went back to that back five. So it was kind of a seamless switch in and out of uh, formations, which is something we haven't been able to really do. Yes, and, and stay strong. Yeah, it's what top teams have done to Villa since they came back up in the, the Premier League. I mean, how many times have Villa had the best first half you can think of, and then the other managers just went right, change it up, and Villa just have nothing in the second half. So now. Yeah. It's Villa's turn. They can send out, and if they send out the team, well, we need we need something extra here. We need to put the hammer down, something like that. On comes Bailey, and that was it. Bear in mind, we've still got you know El Ghazi who hasn't had a kick. Buendia, you know, Trezeguet's not even close to being in the squad yet. I mean, you got you know people, people like, you know, you Philogene Bades, Chuck Maweka, Sanson, who hasn't even had it been in the squad yet. You know, there's there's so much depth there. Just one thing on that, Mr. Sanson, he wasn't even on the bench. So uh, what's that telling us? Because he was on the bench in the previous game. Was that just like, well, we need somebody to fill the bench, even though he's not ready yet? Or yeah. is it or is it Villa thinking, oh, shit, we've dropped a bollock with him? What's, what's French for drop the bollock? <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, Everton only had eight players on the bench, didn't they? Rafa didn't fancy uh, James Rodriguez on the bench at all. He'd rather not have him there and play eight players instead of nine. He didn't fancy Sanson either when Dean Smith offered him up. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can sit on your bench if you want. In terms of stats, uh, Villa's longest unbeaten run at home since January 2015. Yeah. Is that in the Premier League? Yes, I believe so, yeah. Well, yeah right. uh, I was yeah, going to say. Five, so five unbeat- wins, two draws. Yeah, and that's, that's something I said earlier on while in an earlier podcast where while we were trying to uh, get our full 11 on the pitch and playing you know, against Brentford, you got half the team missing. It was important if we could stay unbeaten at Villa Park, this is something that gains momentum 
later on. So, for, you know, for example, next home game against Wolves, if we win that or, you know, at least draw, then, you, you, you know, you're getting deeper and deeper into the season and you're unbeaten records there. And by the time one of the big boys comes to really test us at least the team will have that confidence then and the other team will be thinking oh shit these are unbeaten at home so this is going to be a tough game and if if you beat Manchester City or if you get a draw against them it just continues and continues and uh, suddenly you've got a backbone to uh, build a European push because you need solid home form to have any uh, delusions of grandeur agreed key stat of the game Phil Leon Bailey is only the second Aston Villa player to come on as a substitute scorer and then be substituted himself after Julian Joachim against Derby in September 2000. The great Julian Joachim. Yeah, he's He's got got a few similarities to him. (laughs) He has, actually. Joachim was a good finisher, wasn't he? He always used to run through at like breakneck speed and then just blast it. It Yeah, he did hit it hard. Yeah, I mean, I think I've I've said this before on the podcast, but we used to nickname him Clubfoot because he did just club it. It's like a toe poke at times. All right, that was like a a result that kickstarts the season. It reminds me a little bit when uh, we beat Everton 6-2 when football was good. Ah, yes. And it was an early season TV game and that really, uh, that's when we, you know, we we challenged Liverpool under Graham Taylor. But suddenly, the feel-good factor just flowed through your veins and you're suddenly up for the season and uh, that's how I'm feeling now. I'm like, you know, bring on Mm. fucking United, bring on Wolves and, uh, you know, before this game, there's these stupid stories. Some prick could look ahead and go, oh, Villa got some tough uh, games they'll probably lose them let's let's do the smith under pressure article smith's given a uh, certain time period needs results against manchester united spurs blah 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 to uh, save his job and it's just like this is just fucking lazy bullshit and uh it's not from the villa camp or villa supporters that's come from but now you know you, people will have a bit more belief in uh, the team they've got and as we've just explained there's there's a dynamism about it where it can change in game and seamlessly change formation and shape and maintain uh, the strength of the personnel on the pitch so uh, we've only just got started i'm telling you more to come strap yourselves in Yep. By the way, so far, so good at Villa Park in terms of quality of goals we've, we're seeing. Oh, yeah. Quality of the finishing's been brilliant. I mean, we're looking at, what, out of 10? What's the average in terms of goal quality? It's, it's almost like eight, seven and a half, eight? I'd say so. There's nothing, you know, Buendia's, Ings. Oh, Ings is with Goals Buendia's straight from great. corners. Cash, great. Bailey with a rocket. It's all good. <laughs> it's, I'd say eight <laughs> average. Average is eight out of ten. The, the st- quality of the goals. Excuse my uh, nasal uh, delivery, people. Uh, I'm struggling on here. I can struggle on just for a final burning question from uh, Mr. Ben Redding, who has appeared on the show, and I hope he's well out there. We'll uh, we'll have to drag him on at some point. Ben asks, if we carry on with the 3-5-2, do you think Cash and Target are good enough to deliver quality in the final third? I think some sometimes, maybe not consistently. Well, I think Cash, as I, as I explained, you know, we wanted him to be a bit more uh, purposeful in, in that final third because we know he's got it in him and he knows yeah. it. That's why he went fucking bonkers when he scored. You don't normally expect your fullbacks to score, but I think he expects himself to you know get two or three a season and uh, I think that's the minimum we should be expecting from him and Target of course you know he scored especially that first year back in the, the Premier League yeah. he scored two absolutely massive goals didn't he there was the Brentford last last kick of the game winner and that big goal in the semi-final against Leicester from doing just that from just getting involved 
Yeah, and I think if you're going to play uh, 3-5-2 more regularly than we perhaps think we, we're going to, because, you know, earlier we were airmarking it as a formation against, like, the, you know, the big four, you'd hope that Smith would encourage those two, right, you know, this formation is for you, and, uh, you know, get amongst it. Yeah. Or else Ashley Young's coming on and playing in yeah. your place. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why we got Ashley Young in, just as a uh, as a threatening presence. No, I think that uh, the, the two of them are they are good enough because i mean when you look around the rest of the league other than the top maybe one two teams there's not many fullbacks that you would actually swap for either of them so they're they're up there yeah that's that's what i thought i thought when we got those in because normally you know as villa fans we've been over the last i don't know 10 15 years you're trying to build that decent back four where you can you know that you can hang your hat on and last season when you when they came in and you've got your 15 clean sheets and you've got your goalkeeper. When you talk about back fours, let's, let's call it a defensive line, including the goalkeeper. And you're looking at ours, Cash, Target, Mings, Konza, Martinez, and you're thinking, you know, I don't really want to swap that. You know, obviously there's the, the top, top teams, but pretty much 80% of the league you wouldn't swap it with. No, I, th- I think it's just about, as we've said before, getting the most out of what you've got and just improving them and them getting used to the system. And I think they're, they're more than capable of doing that. You know, you saw from their form last year, they've got it in them to be strong defensively and more. there's more to come going forward. We're just going to have to kind of be a little bit patient with them, as we've said from day dot of the season, just be patient with what they're building. And there's we've, so we're seeing in most games at the moment signs that there's lots of, you know, really, really positive shoots just starting to flourish. You know, some of these players already just started to play, but uh, once they've had a few games, if we have a uh, make a statement win, and I and I'm writing down, I'm writing down uh, Manchester City at Villa Park, uh, <laughs> evening kickoff, yeah, something like that. That something like that would be nice, just a statement win to, and then to get everybody believing, and then everybody's rowing in the same direction, and yeah. on we march. Because that was the thing, wasn't it? Last year, we, we got that Liverpool win relatively early in the season. Then we backed it up with another win at Leicester. And then Leeds fucked us over and that just deflated us. Ah, yes. Talking about yeah, talking about deflation, who's up next? Ah, yes. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it's time to uh, draw an end to this podcast. Let's uh, <laughs> quit while we're ahead, shall we? We, we, we all know that uh, when we go to Old Trafford, we, we need at least three goals because uh, they're going to get a penalty, at least one penalty. Ronaldo's going to score at least two goals. So, you know, we need three for a draw, I think, uh, is the bottom line. Yeah, Schultz has already laid the groundwork and going, I hope this isn't just that uh, we don't get penalties anymore because Ronnie <laughs> plays for us. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can see what's coming. Yeah, Ronaldo penalty at Old Trafford around one o'clock, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Saturday lunchtime, one o'clock, uh, expect a Ronaldo penalty. Uh, before we go, I just want to say a big thank you to the My Man Said patrons for supporting the show and uh, their efforts and humour in Match Club. Uh, actually, I got a message from uh, Matt Jakeman over there in uh, North America who uh, said, I just wanted to say how much I enjoy your mum's podcast. I w- I'm wanting to become a patron and your website explains it all brilliantly, but forgive me, I don't understand how Match Club works. Now, Matt, the first rule of Match Club is you, you can't talk about Match Club. The second rule of Match Club is you can't talk about Match Club. So what what can we tell him? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it's well worth it. 
It's awesome, O. Yeah, it isn't a podcast that we send you on the match day. It's uh, it's 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 like a live event that you're involved in. It. It's uh, a living organism that's uh, so, some there. would say it's a lifestyle choice, twenty four seven. And there's many cavernous pathways to match club. There's Investo Club. The screen club. There's all there's all kinds of things going you get on. Football, so, you get cultured, you get fucking rich. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 your capital is always at risk. <laughs> but uh, no, we're not telling you uh, how to invest. We're just uh, it's just a hive mind where people yeah. uh, talk about things uh, that you might want to uh, get into. Because at school, especially in the UK, nobody tells you. No, nobody ever teaches you anything in, you know useful. You, you get to learn about chemistry and. Uh, or you have German lessons where you tell people what's in your pencil case. Exactly. When they should be telling you how to invest money and what's out there and potential avenues that you can take uh, to maybe grow your wealth uh, in the future. But anyway, uh, that we're, we're sidetracking. No, actually, you get extra podcasts and the season we have kicked off finally. And we do have... Uh, the more screen culture orientated podcast, uh, My Old Man Saw. But uh, the main, uh, in the main, it's uh, extra Aston Villa related podcasts, obviously, which. Uh, Including a couple that came out in the last week, did they not? Yeah, well, there's the first of the season, so uh, there's more to come this week. So, uh, yeah, Match Club is something ever evolving, and uh, once you become a patron, then. Uh, You've got to go through the augmentation process. And then the initiation process. The initiation process. <laughs> that can be humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not asking you to stand on chairs and, and sing Queen's The Show Must Go On. That's uh, that's one thing we don't do. So, But uh, you do have to uh, get your vacuum cleaner out and dressed as a woman like in the uh, I Want to Break <laughs> Free video. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't. We're not. First rule about match club is you're not going to talk about match club. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Poor old Matt. He's, he's going fuck that. Right. So, so uh, please do, uh, Matt, and uh, everybody who wants to be like Matt, so please do go to myomansaid.com and click on the patron link. And I will uh, maybe uh, refresh uh, the description of uh, the patrons and match club. So uh, maybe there's a little bit more clues. But one thing is we like to keep it kind of ambiguous because we don't want like every Tom, Dick and Harry joining. Anyway, go there. There's more details there. And uh, join in the fun. And mentioning uh, Investo Club, uh, the show is supported by Free Trade, the commission-free trading app, which allows you to buy shares and build your portfolio. It's, it's just for UK users at the moment. I've got another thing uh, coming out uh, soon in terms of uh, my old man's philosophy now of uh, we don't, we don't want to push gambling on people. We want to actually uh, be a bit more positive and actually uh, take the approach of giving avenues to actually uh, grow wealth and not just gamble away. Or shave but their balls. <laughs> gambling and shaving your balls are pretty much the same thing, are they not? Either way, you're <laughs> shedding wealth. Yeah, they're, they're risky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very risky but uh sorry so uh do uh go to uh freetrade.io slash moms m-o-m-s if you haven't done so already and uh download the app and get more information there and uh, when you fund your account you will get a free free share courtesy of free trade and my old man said from the value of three pounds to 200 pounds so uh get on it and uh, give us some tips as well uh, with uh, what uh, you're investing in. Right, well that just leaves me to say until we go to Old Trafford, Martinez saves 
two United penalties. We kneecap Ronaldo and we go off winning 4-0. Shocking the football world in the process. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.